You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Here on Reality Check Radio, it's uh, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. A lot of us complain and talk about food waste. Seems to be enormous. But don't do much about it. Well, we're talking to one man who does and is Tucker Peters. Good morning, Tucker. Good morning, Rodney. It's so lovely to have you on. How did you get into, well, how do I say this, using surplus food to feed people? Um, well, how it was is I, uh, well, two, just just uh, nearly two years ago, I had a neighbour who was a Brazilian family and they bought into a catering business. And... Um, a little while after that, he rang me up one day and says, look, I've got all this food that I'm throwing away. Would you like it? So I says, yeah. So, you know, like I went and saw him and he, he says, look, load up your car. So I loaded up the boot, the back seat and the front passenger seat and and drove away thinking I'd take it to, to my church. No, oh, I took it to my church and they went, oh, no, well, we can't ha- accept um, freshly made food. We can only have, you know, stuff like canned food and stuff like that. And I went, he said, well, I'll take this lot, uh, Rodney, he said, but don't do it uh, again. And I went away really disappointed after loading my car. But I'd already made an arrangement with my uh, neighbour then uh, about collecting the food. So the next day, I went back to her, to the, to his uh, catering business, loaded up my car, uh, same amount, drove away, and I thought, wow, what am I going to do with all this food? You know, it's, it's a shame it's going to waste. So I just thought, I'm going to drive to my local shops, and there's a, an Indian takeaway, a Foursquare, a bakery, and a laundromat. I thought, I'll just park up outside it, and just open up my boot and just say to people, free food. And that's how it started. How amazing. Now, when you started taking the food from the catering business, what sort of food was it? Was it pastries? And what, what sort of food were you um, um, No, it, it was like um, small containers of uh, like um, – Spaghetti bolognese, uh, burgers one day, uh, chicken pasta the next day. It, it varied, and it was, they were all in containers because they were like they were allocating. They were doing these these catering meals for other other things. I don't know exactly what it was. Oh, so oh, each yes, little. It was. Sorry, carry on. So each little container was like for one person. Yes, yes. It was individually packaged. My goodness. um, Yeah. So, um, like, I just thought, you know, what a brilliant idea to start doing this. And I just kept going back because our our people and our communities were actually struggling. And this was last year. And it used to take me anywhere between three and four hours to offload the food. To this day... Half an hour, it's gone. It's gone. The same amount of food. My goodness. So, yeah, it and just shows you, Rodney, the uh, how 
with the cost of living, how how everyone's struggling now more than what they were last year. Mm. Now, are you still getting the food from the one supplier from your neighbour? Um, no, I'm. I've now got uh, four caterers on my book, so uh, there is a variety of food, and um, some of it's left over from events. So you know, like um, they'll ring me up and say, "Oh, look, we've got all this uh, pasta, salad, green salad." Uh, sliced chicken, sliced beef, all of this. And what I do is when I get it in bulk like that, I have to put it in containers. So um, I've managed to actually uh, have some containers uh, donated to me so I'm able to uh, transport it and fill it into smaller containers so I can give it out individually. When your car is full of this food... How many meals, roughly, would that be? Uh, It varies from day to day, Rodney, because some days I only get, like, because I put them all in banana boxes. Yeah. So some days I might have, say, 80 meals. Some days I might have 350 to 400 meals. My goodness. My goodness. Yes. Now, yeah, it it varies from day to day. You still go to the same place to hand out the free food? Um, well, I'm, because of the because of um, I found that because of my local area, which is Beach Haven, Birkdale, um, um, Northcote, and Bayview, I can I can sort of move to those particular areas and and give them out individually to people. Yeah, so. I've I've gone from one one place to to very well to four other places, three other places. Yeah. And is it the same people coming each time for food? Um, not all the time. And the thing is, it's not just um, um, one particular race. It's it's a broad spectrum of uh, of different races that come into me, whether they. Indian, whether they be Asian, whether they be Maori, whether they be uh, European, it's all it's all different walks of um, our, um, our New Zealand people. Hmm. And are they appreciative, Taka? Oh, they're so appreciative, uh, Rodney. You know, because um, I've got a little sign that I put in in my window in my vehicle, and it's it says on my my sign. Koha uh, appreciated towards my fuel cost, Namihi. When Namihi, I don't know whether you know, that means thank you. Yes. So, um, a lot of the people that actually uh, come and give Koha to me actually don't take the food because they've read a lot of my um, um, like stuff that are in an interview on me and it's all been posted all around. Uh, local community pages here on the North Shore in Auckland. So I'm I'm getting people who are giving me koha and they don't need the food. So it's been really helpful in that situation. People who come to me regularly, they'll give me you know five dollars a week towards my fuel costs because they could you know because I'm getting elderly people in like their late seventies and eighties who you know they 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 don't want to cook anymore because they you know too old 
Mm. I'm getting a lot of young tamariki that are, that are coming to see me, Rodney. Heaps. Well, it's amazing to think that without you, that food would go to the dump. That's exactly would go to the landfill. Exactly what would happen to that food. It's amazing how much food um, people actually waste. And the reason why a lot of these catering businesses, they can't go along and, and uh, just like give it out to the general public because it's uh, it's something to do with, I think, it's, you know, their food grading and uh, yes, health, health and safety and, issues. Yes, yes. I think that plays a major part in, in their, you know, with their catering business. They can't do that. But, you know, like, hey, give it to me. I'll give it out. You know, I've got, um, I'm happy to go along and feed uh, everyone in need. And, and that's what I love doing because I'm retired, um, Romney, mm. and it gives me a purpose in life. It could happen in every area of New Zealand. There'll be the same thing happening. There'll be food from catering companies going to waste, and a good person could act as an intermediary, gather up that food like you do in their car, and hand it out to those in need. They, yes, you're dead right, and it could happen. And I'm, Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if, if my idea spread throughout the whole country and, like, we end up having a, uh, a a country where people are not suffering because the the food banks are just like getting hounded every week. Mm. And okay, that it's showing you in our society how uh, how things and that the cost of living and is everything. But if we if people like myself who could go along and do that, um, we would have a better New Zealand. For, from what so, I think, anyway, Rodney. Yes, of course. So if, if I was sitting in, say, Christchurch or Wellington or another suburb of Auckland, how yeah. would I go about replicating to do what you do for um, my community? That, okay, so, well, for, for any community, the best thing is, is to hop on a community page yes. and say that, um, I suppose, you know, is there any catering companies out there that want to donate food to a good cause and of course the thing is it's the time because like I don't get paid for it Rodney it's yes. all done with aroha you know yes. and that's the thing there's no monetary value in it as far as making any money um, when I first started off it was actually costing me out of my pocket for my fuel but the community got behind me Rodney because my car was, I actually had, um, uh, what's that, Channel One, seven, oh, yes. seven Sharp. Yes. They came and did a story on me. And then the local community, some ladies got behind me and uh, set up a give a little page to get me a new set of wheels to carry on with my work this year. How, how and lovely. they, uh, the give a little page actually um, uh, got me a, a, a 2010 Hyundai iX5. Uh, to give a little page, um, the community and the whole of uh, wider New Zealand um, donated 12,000, just over 12,000 for me. So Goodness that's why I've carried on too, because like, I think it's really neat that I've got a community and uh, New Zealanders that, that back me. Isn't that a beautiful thing? 
when you see oh. all that nastiness in the media and wars and kids, and then you go down to your community and people are so willing to help a stranger, help a neighbor, contribute to their community and do something for love. Well, you know, um, I'm very lucky, Rodney, with the, the community that I live in here. Um, when I started doing this food last year, uh, the community got got behind me. Um, I also got uh, headhunted by Life uh, Community Kitchens, which are based here in Auckland, and they run 12 community kitchens, or 11, 11 or 12 but they they headhunted me and asked me if I want to be involved in setting up some kitchens here on the North Shore, uh, which I helped do, and we've set up three in the last uh, six months. And what are these kitchens? So, what are they called? Life kitchens. What are they called? What do they do? Life community kitchens. Life community well, kitchens. Once a week, yeah, life community kitchens, once a week, uh, at 5.30 on a Monday or a Tuesday we offer free meals and desserts to anyone in the community my goodness and are they popular? So that's a, oh, um, they're serving so many people in our communities and it's, uh, it's a backing from Life Church mm. are the ones behind it I don't know whether you, you need to put yes. that on here or whatever, but no, of course we. They, uh, they good on Life Church. They are, yeah, Life Church are the ones that are that are right behind building better and life communities by having life kitchens, and we've got, as I said, Rodney, this eleven or twelve now throughout the whole Auckland region. So it just shows you, um, and they're feeding anywhere between 80 and 100 people uh, once a week. Mm. Now, is that your and church? They, and, and the life, is that Sorry? your church, the Life Church, or do you go to a different church? Yes, not, yes I just joined Life Church recently. I was mm. Prior to that, I was part of the Salvation Army. Mm. So you've always been a person of service to your community being part of the Salvation Army? Um, basically, I, um, the Salvation Army helped me through uh, a, a very dark time in my life. Um, and I'm grateful for them. Uh, but um, the, as, as the years went by, my, uh, my cup was in getting full of the, of the spirit. So I, I looked for another alternative, uh, Rodney. So now I'm part of Life Church. I've only joined them recently in the last few months, or within the last four months. So, um, so now my cup's overflowing. Isn't that wonderful? Can you share with us what the Salvation Army did for you in your dark time? Um. Uh, what happened is I went through a bit of um, dark time, you know, like uh, mental health uh, due to circumstances in my life, um, like the loss of a, of a child, 
and a couple of other things. They sort of were like got behind me and uh, welcomed me into their church. They welcomed me. They gave me soldiership. They gave me uh, an understanding of of a church that was community based, and they helped me a bit of my life, basically. How wonderful! Yes. And now here you are helping all those others. Now it's it's a, it's a turnaround. But not only they weren't the only ones, there was organisations within the mental health structure, uh, an organisation called Equipped. Mm. They also um, stood by, by me every week. They'd come and take me shopping. They would make sure I was all right. And as a result of that, Rodney, I'm now... Um, doing voluntary work uh, for that organisation and I run a program uh, once a month to help those, well, we call them clients, but to help those people uh, to come to a safe place and congregate, you know, to get them out of their, their home environment, to get them out into the community. So I run a program for that once a, once a month. If someone was listening who needed help. If someone who was listening needed help, Tucker, how would they get no, in touch with me? Can you hear me now, Tucker? Yeah, I can hear you now. If someone who was listening was in a dark place, how would they go about yes. getting the help that you describe that you had? Where would they go? Well, you know, um, this is the thing about um, uh, people who are struggling with uh, mental health in our communities. And I'm trying to sort of like push the boundaries with a, a lot of organisations and uh, I'm, I'm off to an, a symposium uh, later on this month. And I think a, um, a lot of people who are involved in the mental health sector, they need to stop having these big... Uh, meetings and organisations where we all go there and eat big food and talk about what we're going to do instead of them going along and going out and canvassing at street level. And uh, that's what I would like to see more people who work in the industry to be at, at street level instead of having these big hooies where we all eat good food and stuff. I don't know whether I'm saying the right thing here, Rodney, but it no, no. really irks me that they they do this. You know that, uh, and and as a result of that, and like um, I, I'm not going to mention what organisation, but I was talking to a young lady, and it took her eight months to join an organisation to get help because oh, there's so many people. There's a there's a line of people now waiting to to join organisations so they can get the help that they need now. What's the government doing about this? Are they going to pour money, more money into the health sector? And how is the health sector going to, you know, change that? Because as a result of a person waiting eight months, well, they could take their lives in that period of time and then we lose that person. You know, this is one of the things that I'm really 
uh, earthed about, and I'm going to be bringing this up in the um, in our symposium about how we're going to deal with that situation and stop having all these big hooies and meetings and everything, and get to the grassroots of helping our our rangatahi, and not only that, our elderly who are struggling in that in situation. You must see at street level with your providing meals, you must I get see, a lot of people connected. I yes, get a lot must, of people talking to me. Yes. Yeah. You must see people who are in need and and be able to direct them, put them in the right direction. No, because what happens is that they don't know that I'm involved in Unless we sort of have a, if a person sits there and and has a or stands there and has a bit of a, a corridor with me, because you know this is the thing about talking to our communities. You find out, like just last week, I was talking to this lovely lady who occasionally comes and gets some food off me, and I found out that she has a son who's suffering um, with mental health issues, and uh, we ended up talking for about an hour and a quarter. And she goes, oh, I've got to go, I've got to go. And I says, hey, look, you know, I work in the sector and she was blown away with what I knew. So, you know, I'm slowly getting to uh, talk to people and people are starting to open up because they they can talk to me because this is what I love about doing my my food is that instead of people just driving up to me and going, oh, can I have some of their food, bro? I want them to be able to get out of their car, come and have a have a talk with me and whether it's to talk about the weather because all of these things, when you communicate in your community, you actually find out, oh, I talked to this person. Oh, look, we've just had a big breakup with a a marriage or I'm struggling with paying my bills and everything and your, your food is helping me struggle through this week. This is the sort of thing I'm dealing with and I have no qualifications whatsoever, Rodney. At all. Well, you do have a you know, qualification. A, You're a human being, and and a, and, well, and, a, yeah, and, a, and you're a good human being. That's all people need, isn't it? As it it's it's having an understanding, and I think because I've been down that tough road in life. Yes. You know, because they they say there's two roads in life. There's the hard road. And there's the good road that most people take. Well, I took that hard road in life. And as a retiree, I've sort of gone, well, I wish I hadn't have done that. But now I'm I'm helping, you know, because of all the, all the bad things I did in my younger days. Yes. It's, it's hopefully that I can go along and mend the, the good path to, um, to the pearly gates, as they say, Rodney. <laughs> so you haven't always been a Christian. Um, I was brought up a Christian, and it was it was drummed into me, Rodney, and I rebelled against it. I was also adopted from one family to another, and that made me think, why, why did why did my mum give me away? Why did she adopt me out? And that played a, a major part in my rebelling as a as a young teenager, back in the you know like the early seventies. But that's all behind me now, Rodney. You know, isn't it wonderful, Tucker? Uh, that is such a 
a, a wonderful story that you found redemption, but more particularly that someone reached out, Salvation Army reached out and helped you. Yeah. And once you were helped, you're now reaching out and helping others. Uh, well, you know, because it's, I, I don't know whether it's to do with your age or whatever, but maybe it's because they help, so it's my turn to try and help others, as you're saying, yes. You know, and I love it. I love helping people, you know, especially giving out the food. You know, like people come up and say, oh, I haven't got any koha for towards your fuel. And I say, you don't need any. My food's free, and they walk away with a smile on their faces. Ronnie and and you know the the gratitude they just thank you thank you so much you're awesome bro you know and uh, can we give you a hug and I go yeah or they go oh can I shake your hand and uh, and just all those things you know and then walking away with a smile of of happiness that they that well I'm happy that they can uh, walk away happy and their their bellies are going to be full for that particular day. You now live a very enriched life, don't you? I do. I you. It is unreal that you say that I live an enriched life because of that um, that man upstairs, as they, yeah. as it says in the Bible about you know if you you do good, it will rain goodness on you, and mm. it has, Rodney. I just I walk around happy in comparison to if I, I look back, you know. Um, 30, 40 years ago, how my life, I thought I was a happy human being, but I wasn't. It was all, it wasn't a happy life. It was just life as I knew it in those uh, times and situations. Now I, I drive along the road or I walk along the road. I'm happy. Uh, people in my community beat the horn at me, wave around, go, hey, talk, hey, boy. You know, and uh, I, I love it. I just buzz out on and and uh, the comments you. I get on the yeah the, the community pages I also have been um, uh, earlier this year I was chosen as uh, one out of 100 people for Kiwi Bank New Zealander of the Year award mm. so I was a participant good for you this year yes I was, I was well, so there proud you of have receiving it. that medal there you have it Ladies and gentlemen and listeners, there is nothing that enriches us more than helping others and looking after others. And what a amazing way to do it, that you just put a notice up in your community to caterers with food that would otherwise go to waste. And you have that extraordinary fulfillment of saving food, good food, going to the dump. You help people have a meal that otherwise might miss out and you enrich their lives and you enrich your life and you walk a blessed path, Tucker. Oh, I'm definitely, and I'm so grateful for that, Rodney. Um, every day um, I'm blessed by uh, communities, by our Lord, by Everything that happens around me, it's amazing how it's just my life has turned around and how um, things are just amazing. 
<laughs> oh, you're say. a beautiful. You're. I can feel it. I can feel it in your voice. You're a beautiful human being, and isn't it great? You and Thank I have you. come to a similarized realization that you can't be happy by taking. You can only be happy and fulfilled by giving. Oh, I hundred percent agree with that, uh, Rodney. That um, the more you give, the more you. It's amazing what. Uh, what uh, what receiving you you uh, gift you get back uh, from all things around you? Uh, I don't know why, but it just happens. Um, here's an instance. Okay, um, on the local community page, a um, a business uh, contacted me through Messenger, and he says to me. Uh, Tucker, I love what you do in our community. I own a tire shop. We'd like to give you a whole set of tires for your vehicle when when you need them. And then I just went, wow. So I actually went to his business and I says, Aaron. And he comes home and he goes, yeah. And I says, I'm Tucker Penny. He goes, oh, you're the guy. Have you come here for your tires? And I went, I just couldn't believe that you would give away a whole set of tires. That's expensive. He says, what you do for the community, Tucker, is amazing. Now, that, that just blew me away, uh, Rodney. You know, it is such a wonderful story. I'm finding myself tearing up a little bit because it shows you what a wonderful people we are at, at, at a one-to-one, at a community level, at a street level. And it requires someone like you with a bit of initiative and a bit of leadership to bring those people together. And you actually... Like the tire man has a better day, doesn't he? Yeah. Am I allowed to go on and, and say what tires business of course. is? I'd love you to. Um, okay, his name is Aaron, and he owns JP Tires and Piranha Road in Glenfield. There you, know, there you go. If you need some tires and you're near Glenfield, what was the name of the business again, Tacker? Tucker? J.P. Tires. J.P. Tires. Tires There you go. Yes. There's a man that, for just the goodness of his heart, supports his community. And Tucker, Tucker Peters, I can't tell you how much you've enriched our lives and given us opportunities just coming on our show. It's amazing. I appreciate you. Yeah, and, I appreciate you. Um, um, yeah, well, inviting me onto your show, Rodney. Likewise, and what I'd like to say on behalf of every listener is, bless you, and God give you strength to keep mm. up the wonderful work that you're doing, and for showing you the good path and taking you away from the bad one. Mm. Oh, thank you so much, uh, and bless. Uh, and much uh, aroha to all the listeners uh, um, that will be listening to this story. Thank you, Rodney. There you have it. That was Tucker Peters. What a guy. What a story. And what an opportunity for each of us, if you have a, can find a few hours a week, to put something back into your community, put a smile on people's faces, put a smile in your own heart. There's so much that we can do, and what a wonderful, wonderful man. You're on Real Talk with Rodney Hyde, radleycheck.radio. Send us a text, 2057, email me, inbox at radleycheck.radio.
Thank you for listening. That was truly wonderful. You're listening to Real Talk on RCR, Reality Check Radio.